Make sure that you're not wasting a year of your time working with someone that can't get you any further than where you are. Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Chris Harder Show. I have a very special guest here, literally sitting down with me. I know figuratively I say that sometimes, uh, but I've got Candy Valentino, one of my dear, dear friends, an epic entrepreneur who has has touched so many different types of businesses, literally sitting in the house here. Candy, how are you doing? I am great. Thanks so much for having me. No, my privilege to have you over. And here's the first thing that's really cool is you're my neighbor. Like you live a mile away. Like four minutes. It's amazing. It goes <laughs> you, Dean, and me. We form yes, like this triangle. It's a triangle. Exactly. <laughs> it's a great triangle to be a part of. Well, here's why I wanted to have you on the show. You already know the answer, but we got set up for everyone listening. I wanted to have you on because recently... You were giving Lori, my Lori, my wife, you were giving Lori some advice around manufacturing. You know, mm-hmm. for the listeners, if, if you don't know, my wife has a new alcohol company. She's never been in manufacturing before. And she's been seeking out advice of people who have been there, done that. Well, uh, you've been there, done that. You've mm-hmm. done manufacturing of consumer packaged goods, of jewelry, like you name it, on top of your real estate empire, on top of your charity, on top of everything else. <laughs> and when I heard the great conversation that you guys were having, when I saw the advice that you were able to give, not from a place of theory, but from a place of experience, I knew we had to have a conversation about being careful who you listen to. Mm. And that's why I wanted to kind of jam on a little bit today. You down with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm game. Let's go. So let's start with this. Has there been a time in your life that you've had a mentor that taught from theory and one that taught from experience? And how did those differences go? Yeah, so will you figure... At 19, I mean, everybody that I talked to had far more experience than I had. I started my first business at 19 and I didn't really have anyone else to talk to. There weren't courses way back in 1999, I'm dating myself here. There weren't courses. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have all these great podcasts, right? So I had to really leverage relationships that I had and ask people for their wisdom and their experience. And I truly believe it's the reason I was able to make such big moves at such a young age because one, I didn't have I didn't have anything else to kind of compare it to. It was like, okay, who can I find that has already done this? Let me ask them the questions. I would do that. I would go back, implement it, and just keep myself open to hearing that. As we moved more into now, into the more modern era where we have so many people giving information on the internet and free things, and a lot of it is just regurgitation of concepts, but they've never actually dealt with the concepts. They've never actually built something prior to building their, you know, information business. And it's, it comes from a totally different place because there's certain things that you just have to either experience on your own from your own mistakes, or you have to learn from a mentor that has also been there and really has gone the level of where you want to go. I couldn't agree more. Here's why uh, I'm like wholehearted on this. So one of the reasons that Lori and I invest in so many other companies and then, you know, 
for those that have listened to the show before, you know, one of my criteria is we have to be highly involved if we're going to invest in a company is not just to have a great upside of return, but because we want to be able to learn from behind the scenes, all of the do's and don'ts in industries that we have not yet had experience in. Right. Mm, yeah. And so there's two ways you can get that experience. One, start the company yourself and you can't start a million companies, right? You're, you're never going to accomplish anything. Number two, you can invest in them or find a way to sit on a board so that you can be a part of the decision-making, so that you can be a part of seeing behind the, the curtains, so that you can be a part of you know, sharing the wins and sharing the losses as they happen. And there's one moment that really sticks out. I'm going to leave the company's name out that we invest in, but they're manufacturing snacks. We've invested in several snack companies, so I can say that without narrowing it down. And they had a problem with a co-packer where they had they were only using one co-packer. And for the listeners, mm-hmm. that means the person who mixes up your ingredients, runs them through the conveyor belt to turn them into the finished product, puts them in the bags or cans or whatever it's going to be and, and ships them out, right? So they had a problem with the co-packer and it caused a huge interruption in supply. And the worst part was this, that company was held hostage, even though they're angry at the co-packer, even though it was the co-packer's fault, even though... The company didn't do anything wrong. They're held hostage by the co-packer because what were they going to do? Suddenly go and work with another co-packer? You and I both know like yeah. how hard that is to just so flip that switch. And they wanted to, to sue the co-packer, you name it. And they just felt like they were screwed, like they were stuck. They didn't want to piss off the one company that knew how to make their product. So the punchline or the end result of that story was that entrepreneur who we invested in learned from that day on that they will always have redundancy. They will Mm -hmm. always have two co-packers making the same things so that if something happens with one, that we'll be able to continue meeting supply demands. And number two, one can't hold you hostage. I would never know that lesson about manufacturing without being able to be highly involved in a company like that. Right. So it's just, it's really important, I think, to make sure that you're always coaching from a place of certainty and coaching from a place of knowing what you're talking about or having the integrity to say, you know, I don't have experience in that, but I have a friend who does. Absolutely. And you should go learn from this friend. Yeah. Cause you don't know what you don't know. Yep. Right. And it's kind of like some like what you said, if someone was just starting out manufacturing, I mean, when we were actually doing the shark tank thing at yeah. your mastermind, yeah. that was one of the things I was like, hey, do you have a backup <laughs> for your supply chain? Cause that is a common thing. But if you didn't experience it, you would never think that your co-packer would just stop producing your products, right? Right. And so you don't know what you don't know, but there's so many things in business that you can't know everything. And all businesses are so unique and different in what they produce or what they provide or what service they give. And so there's so many just resources out there. And I think that's why you really got to make sure to say, what did this person achieve or what are they learning? Who are they around? And then those are the type of people, but doing your research to seeing what it is they know and making sure that it's not just a regurgitation or teaching from theory will be night and day difference in your business because you can obviously waste money. And this is something Lori and I were just talking about. You can waste money 
on maybe the wrong information, but the one thing that you'll never get back is time. Yeah. And that time, especially when you're launching a business, is so critical. That go-to-market strategy and actually hitting those, that is even more important a lot of times than losing or less profit. So the same goes when you're actually just sourcing information from people. Make sure that you're not wasting a year of your time working with someone that can't get you any further than where you are. I hear the term collapsing time quite a bit, mm. right? Like you have to be able to, to actively collapse time in terms of getting started to the normal timeline it might take somebody to have a fruitful business. If you, if you can find a way to collapse time, that means maybe you got a tip from a mentor. Maybe you got uh, something from a coach. Maybe you learned something at an event that collapsed time for you so that you can get to where you're trying to go quicker. Is there a, a moment in, in your hugely successful career at this point that somebody has helped collapse time for you? Mm, so I was really grateful and, and lucky and uh, that I was around so many successful women at a very young age. And so there's a, a litany list of so mm-hmm. many different women that just would share their wisdom to just in business, in life. I mean, it really became who I am as a person too. I always say like, I wasn't born this way. I created this, yeah, you yeah. know, is because it's just, I took so many pieces of other women that I just really admired and men too. I have a, I, you, as you know, I have like a little bit of a masculine edge to me. So men too, but um, it's it's been the whole time. I mean, it's been, I can think, tell you in my twenties, it happened again in my thirties. It's, it's, still happens now. So it's a continual thing. It's not like a one and done. And I think that's why a lot of times we need to be reminded that we should be around mentors and people with experience at each stage of our life. Because the the best use of our money is to buy time. That's like the best investment. If you can use money to buy time in any area, if you're looking to lose weight or Mm -hmm. invest money or build your business, whatever area it is, that's a great investment. And so anytime you can do that, um, I would definitely, you know, make sure that you take a, a person up on something so incredible that can really be paid dividends in your life. That's a super dope point. I, like to really clarify what she means, if something was going to take you two years to get from point A to point B, and there's something you can learn or invest in that turns it into one year, you just bought, you just invested in buying an entire year back of your life. That's huge because there's nothing more important than time. Absolutely. And not only it's the compounding effect that our brain can't measure, so we don't always see the value, but not only are you actually buying that year, but where your business will be as you launch quicker and what you'll do over those next 12 months, even if you make mistakes, even if you're trying to navigate a little bit, you're still going to learn so much. You'll end up making far more money, generally speaking, by making that investment than if you waited to try to figure it out on your own. So valuable. I love that. You mentioned, uh, you know, as a woman coming up in, in entrepreneurship and you've been doing this for, for a little bit here, who's a, a woman or who's a mentor that really has made a massive difference in your life, kind of showing you the way or giving you permission that you could achieve what you've achieved? Mm. Um, so huh, I didn't know you were going to ask this. Um, my friend, Anne Degree. Um, who died way too young, was a a huge influence in my life. Just unapologetic in who she is. She built a 20 or $25 million company manufacturing. um, And she just showed up exactly how she was, unapologetic. She had, you know, 
financial success and didn't hide it. Like she, Mm -hmm. but she also obviously wanted to help people get there. She had a really, really big influence in my life. And she was in my life for 15 years and then ended up going way, way too soon. But I think of her a lot of times because if it's something that I'm unsure of, I always just think, what would Anne do? Yeah. And she'd go after it. <laughs> so it's like when in doubt, I always say, what would Ann do? And she is really just her her energy and just who she shows up as has just really made me grow uh, as a female and in business as well. What do you think the biggest challenge that women face today in entrepreneurship? I think that we are grossly underestimated. Um, I think that that is something that has been my, my, at least in my journey. I feel that it's our society sees men in powerful positional um, uh, authority place, right? It's like we look up to men presidents and our dads and like in our culture, men are just at this elevated state. And I feel as a female, we have to bring so much more to the table in order for people to respect what we know and our experience. Um, and, And I get it. It's because really, you know, there's not been that many years and that many decades of time that women have really shown up. Like if you look at maybe the last 10 or 15 years of time, yeah, of course, entrepreneurs entrepreneurship has, has surely shifted. And there's a ton more women than there were back in 1999 when I started mine. But it's still, I feel that if you and I showed up and we had the exact same resume and we could bring the same things to the table, just by walking in a room, you would automatically be more respected and assumed that you have more knowledge. And people would probably assume that I was just the date or, you know, yeah. like something else. And that's a really has tough- Has ever happened to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. How'd More you times it? than I can count. Um, I give people grace just because I feel like that's that's what they're probably ingrained with. That's probably their view of the world and how they see things. So I just, you know, correct them. Oh no, I'm actually here for, you know, whatever I'm here for. Um, but I I can tell you how many people came into my business and was like, I'm as the owner here. Wow. And I'd be like, Yeah, that's me. Seriously? I mean, I mean, we flat out, they'd be like, You mean your husband? Uh-uh. Oh yeah. I just Oh my gosh, I have this quick story. Did you punch him? No, (laughs) I wanted to. (laughs) Just not that long ago, I was buying a Range Rover Uh and no joke, I talked to the guy on the phone and he's like, well, do you need to talk to anybody? Like, do you need to chat with your husband before? And I literally, it took everything inside of me and I said, sir, I said, I'm just, I said, I'm going to be really kind to you right now. I said, but I just want to let you know that some women wouldn't handle it like this. Yeah. I said, no, I don't need to talk to anybody. I will be buying that vehicle, (laughs) you know? But it's just, it's, it's shocking to me that it still exists, yeah. but it really is a thing. It's a thing. And I think as women, we just have to understand that it is what it is, do our best to show up, take up space, be unapologetic in what we know and not play small. Because I, I think that we do that far too long. I know I've done that before, not wanting to stand out, not wanting to be the center of attention. So you kind of downplay your knowledge because yeah. sometimes it's perceived as too masculine or you're not fun or whatever. If you kind of like, show what you know. It's really interesting. I've, I buy one to two cars a year. I have never in, I don't know, I'm just going to name a number, 40 cars. <laughs> I've never in 40 car purchases ever had somebody say, well, do you need to go check with your wife? Right? right. So it really is a weird it's so weird. Standard or weird flat thing out there. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, even just when like, we'll be on a TikTok or something, like if Anthony's in there, yeah. like the comments that people are, he's at my house right down the yeah. road. And they're like, oh yeah, well, must be, she's with you because of the house. Look oh at my that God. kitchen. Literally comment. I mean, I'm just just talking a couple, like comment and think, you know, he'll jump on and be like, oh, nope, sorry. It's her kitchen, you know, yeah. her house. Yeah. But, but 
it's it's amazing to me that that's still that's still a thing today. That blows my mind. That's crazy. One more thing that you mentioned uh, when you were talking about your mentor was she was unapologetic mm. about not hiding her success. What's the importance of that? I just I think that when you downplay anything, it becomes a very slippery slope. I think that when you're downplaying your financial success, which I I grew up in a place that you really had to kind of do that or you got a lot of backlash. So I get it. I understand why people do it. And But when you start to do it in one area, it becomes really easy for you to do it in others. And I think that then it's that slow fade where then we downplay who we are. We downplay maybe your spirituality. We downplay our relationship because you're really not showing up in your fullness. And when you don't show up in your fullness, you're not showing up in everything that you're capable of. And if you're not claiming what you're capable of, I don't think that you can continue to grow and get what's next for you. So I think that there needs to be this this energy of being unapologetic in who you are and what you have because you know the amount of good that you can not only do for other people, but inspire them and show them what's possible. Like, I feel like the track that I've been on for the last 23 years, doing it alone, not doing it with a spouse, like I'm showing other women that they can do this too. And even if you don't have a cheerleader, even if you don't have someone that supports you, like you can still create the life that you want. You just have to show up, claim it and take it. I've been seeing you transition into this over the past, I'm going to say year, where you've gone from behind the scenes, building all these companies and a massive charity to finally saying, you know what? I'm going to put myself out there intentionally. I'm going to show up and shine in a way that's loud enough, bright enough for other people to discover me so that I can share the things that I've learned as I've built these companies with everyone else who needs it. I know that's not always a comfortable shift. Yeah. I mean, your life was just fine. And you've got multiple eight figures in free and clear investment properties. You've got, uh, the, you still sit on the board for your charity, Animal Friends Sanctuary. You've got your exits that you've, like, you didn't have to put yourself out there. And I'll reference the TikTok thing you just said, have people target you like, oh, must be nice. You know, he's your sugar daddy or like little me, you know, the mean shit that comes along with putting yourself out there. But you are. Why do you feel the importance of shifting to becoming a bit of a available mentor instead of just living the great life that you had? Well, it's interesting you said you've noticed that because that's literally what's happened. Like I preferred to be the, the puppeteer behind the scenes, making everything happen and building the brand and the business of something else. It's just a much easier place for me, but we don't grow in the easy. Mm. And the one thing for me that was so difficult about putting myself out there was all of the opinions, what people will say, what people will think. And I believe that your greatest breakthrough, your greatest next level comes through your greatest fear. Mm. It's on the other side of that. So for me, I wouldn't be authentic and and I wouldn't be real with who I am if I'm telling somebody that, but I'm not actually doing it. Mm. So for me, it was a, a calling in a sense. Like I felt called to do it, even though I really didn't want to. Mm. So what you watched was probably a year before that, me being called to do it and not wanting to do yeah. it. And then it got to the point where it was so loud that this shift happened where I thought, wait a minute, what's more about me? Is putting myself out there about me or is holding on to the knowledge that I know that I could help somebody shave years off their time, save money, help their family, contribute more to the world? What's actually more selfish? And I literally just got chills saying that. But it was 
it was realizing that me holding all uh, holding on to all of that information and not sharing it and not giving it was actually more selfish. So that no one could target you, right? So You're protecting no yourself instead That's of right. protecting other people that needed your knowledge. That's right. And I didn't do that in any other, like obviously I show up to help any animals, like I do mm-hmm. advocacy work and I was all, but again, it wasn't me. And once I was saying this with Lori, like once it shifted to me, it is a much harder ask for me. Yeah. Um, like just even with with talking to you, I've shared that with you. Yeah. Like I don't like to ask because I've done everything myself. Um, but it's that's where the growth is. So if you're struggling with something on, you know, just for your listeners, and you're like, that's like something that you're fearing, that should be your compass. That's your next greatest breakthrough is on the other side of that. Oh my God, I love that. We could stop right there and everyone could get so much value. <laughs> you know. I'm going to go to the part where you just said, most people are afraid to ask for help. They know they need the answers. They know they need mentorship, but they're afraid to ask for help. You've made that easier for them to do by putting together this event. And by the way, I need to commend you because this is the first time that you've ever done a big event like this, right? For Yeah. And we've okay. done them before. It's a pain in the ass. It really it is. is. Talk about putting yourself out there. It is a pain in the ass. Yes. It's scary. There's too many moving parts. So much you money. It. It's so much money. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of thousands of hundreds dollars of to create a space so that other people don't have to ask for member, mem- mentorship. They can just show up and get it. Yeah. So what in the world made you pull this thing together? Well, it's so interesting. Like if I'm going to do something, I want it to be big or I'm not That's excited. That's an understatement because <laughs> your very first event, just kind of set this up. Her very first event, she didn't like get all of her friends, like, you know, just Lori and I and some other people. She started with Damon John, Sarah Blakely, <laughs> Governor Ducey, like the mega stars of the world she started with. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know, that's the thing. Like if way back when, when I started my first business, it was unique. It was different. It was like a pioneer in the space. So I wanted it to be something like that because otherwise it's not exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, like even with real estate investing, like to just do a couple more houses isn't really exciting because I know I can do them. But if I do a bigger house or like this next one, it's going to be on a mountain. Like that's something bigger, more exciting. So for me, I was like, I want to build this also with the end in mind. I want to build a brand. I want to build an experience. I want to build something that when someone sees our name, that they know it's something different and it's not like everything else. And the only way that you can do that is really making sure that, you know, the caliber of our speakers aren't just people coming from that theory place. They've actually done it. That's why a lot of the names, other than the ones you just mentioned, people won't even know who they are, yet they've done billions with a B, billions, and others multi, multi, multi multi-million incredible nationally distributed products, like all of it, but you don't know who they are because they were just like me behind the scenes, you know, moving the puppeteers. They weren't actually the ones at the face. And that's, what's going to be so unique about it. So I just, I wanted to do it up. Like if you're going to go, go, go big or go home. You know what? <laughs> I, I really want to take a moment to talk about a couple of those people because I know a couple of them. And I think you nailed it when you said none of these individuals have spent time, money, effort on being known. Mm-hmm. They have spent their time, money, effort on growing incredible businesses. And those in many times are the best people you can learn from. Heck, I could name five people right now that nobody would ever hear of. And those are the five people that I turn to for business advice all the time, yeah. right? Those are the people you need in your life. One of them I'm thinking about is uh, Alison Lombatis, a mutual yeah. friend of both of ours. She has built the coolest fashion brand, yeah. huge subscription, like ever. It's so badass, but she's never spent time trying to be Insta-famous or any of those things. She's just grown this brand full of thousands of women that she helps with fashion. And to be able to learn from individuals who are in the trenches, 
not individuals who it's been ages since they've built anything or maybe they didn't. Right. That's some next level learning right there. Yeah. Who's somebody else that comes to mind when you say people that are going to teach there that um, they may not have heard of? Like, oh my gosh, Rick Steele. Rick Steele. Or, yeah. I mean, he's done $14 billion in e-com. He is the coolest, most down-to-earth guy you would ever meet. Um, He started his first year doing $840,000 in his first year, has grown it to over $14 billion. Um, He has, you know, a NASCAR car. He's been a 14-time Ironman, like just shows up exceptional in so many things. And he has a lot of theories about failure and success. And I love that he's going to be able to talk about that and also be able to have the audience ask questions about like, what does it take to build a business online like that? Like he started right when e-com was coming out. Wow. Like what you have to navigate. Oh yeah, so cool. Um, another one, Amy Lacey, who yeah. I know you know. Oh, she's the best. She's amazing. Foods. Yeah, like- I mean, talk about consumer packaged goods and like a national distributed company. And even her, I love how, you know- She's the original gangsta for cauliflower crust pizza. Just so people understand, like when you you eat and love that cauliflower pizza that you're eating, that's probably Amy's product. And you probably haven't heard of her up to this point. That's right. Because for all those years, she was behind the scenes building it. And, you know, now for her to be able to share that wisdom and share that knowledge about what she had to do to the build. And what I also love about her and Rick as well is they also have the wisdom of, you know, I always say that there's a few things that are holding most entrepreneurs back as far as getting to that next level. Uh, One of them is, of course, scale, like not growing their team wide enough or deep enough. Second one is not replacing yourself soon enough. It's like, so these founders have actually, they know what they're good at. They know their their few lanes that they want to stay in. And then they replace themselves as CEO in the company so that they could come out as a visionary. And that takes such wisdom to know the timing, to hire the right person, to continue to grow that baby that you birthed, and then to have enough like just knowledge to step out and know that you need to do that. Like, I I just love it. And it's it's really going to shake a lot of people and, and really make them transform their life and their business. I think there's two things I really love about what you're saying right now. And I got to tread lightly here. So I'm going I'm to speak kind of broadly. Number one, you didn't start a business or you didn't start your first event from a place of, oh, I'm going to play it safe. You swung for the fences. I mean, you got all-star multi-billionaires. Number two, it's not the same individuals that you see being trucked across stages over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And I'm treading lightly, but there was an event this weekend uh, that we saw on social media and Lori looked over and she was looking at it in stories. And she said, um, she goes, hey, uh, is that such and such event? I said, yeah. She goes, isn't that all the same people that was just at so-and-so's event? Like, She goes, are they somehow associated? I go, no, they're, they're not the same events. They're not associated. It's just the same individuals yeah. teaching the same things across everyone's stages. And you went out and you disrupted that by saying, I, I need some new point of yeah. views here. Yeah. Actual founders. I mean, actually that build it before. Um, and it actually, Rick just posted this. He was like, this is an event I want to be at because hashtag real founders. That was yeah. what he actually oh put. God, that's awesome. And I actually just, I had a call with, um, she's not, I won't say her name, but she'll probably speak at the next one, a billionaire a female entrepreneur. And she was saying the same thing. She goes, I have literally been on stage with people who I know they haven't built a company yeah. prior to speaking. And she goes, and I'm sitting there on a panel going, 
um, that's not right. You that's probably shouldn't do That's a horrible answer. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, but then you can't say anything and there's all this hype. And oh I was God. just like, you know what? I think people are ready for the truth. I think they're ready for like realness. And, yeah. and I think that people really can see through all the smoke and mirrors. I know I could. So I just really want to give people good information. It's going to just save time, headaches, hassle. I know what it's like building a business. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot to it. And I know a lot of times you're throwing a ball against the wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. But what if you could shave all that time down and actually know what balls stick and what to charge for those balls. What if and you how could to- start with sticky balls? <laughs> yeah. That's the lesson here. What if you could start your business with sticky balls? <laughs> we just created a new company. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, um, tell us about the event. When, where, all that fun stuff. So it's right here. It's like right down the road. So we're here in Phoenix, Arizona. It is October 20th through the 22nd. And it is two full days, Thursday and Friday, two full days. We're giving you breakfast. We're serving you lunch. We've got, obviously, Damon John from the Shark Tank. We've got Rick Steele. And he's hanging out for the VIP part, right? Yeah. So if you do VIP, Damon is going to be doing a meet and greet. He is going to be signing his new book. Amy Lacey is also, I just heard two days ago, that she's going to be giving us her internationally best-selling book. Because she literally is the person, like, founded yes. cauliflower pizza crust. Created it, yes. Like not just a company. Like people yes. don't know that. Like it's crazy. So she's got her book. She's coming in. Allison's going to be there. Oh, I love it. Um, Rebecca's going to be there talking about like YouTube and virality and all of that. Because really no matter what business you're in, we all need an aspect of that, right? Because as it ties to marketing. She has four or 500 million views. Like she yes. mastered that. Yeah, like five, I think she said 500 that's million insane. views or something right now. So that's going to be great value. We've got um, Michael Ellsberg, who's a friend of mine. He's a master copywriter. And this is what I I can't seem to do well enough. So I'll tell your listeners because I I don't think that I can share this enough in a sales page. And I don't think people get this, but we are literally taking, now you have an opportunity that you can volunteer for this, but even if you don't, the people that will, we are taking websites, sales pages, your uh, membership, whatever your funnel is, we're literally going to put that up on these massive screens that we have. And Michael and another branding expert, we're going to break down, yes, what you need to change, what you should tweak in order to have more converting copy on anything. Oh, that's good. It's going to be massive. So we're going to have people in the audience that can ask questions. We're going to throw up their sites. So you'll have an opportunity to be able to do that. Oh, that's badass. Even branding. Amy and I are going to be breaking down into some branding, like what you need to maybe elevate about the experience and and understanding the difference because it's commonly entrepreneurs think branding and marketing are the same thing. So we're going to really get clear on that so that they, but this is like not just taking notes and putting it on your shelf. Like we're doing actual strategy implementation and execution. And that is what's uniquely different. That's super cool. Uh, Lori and I are, are the bottom rung speakers. We're going to be the clowns that run around and do balloon <laughs> animals for you guys. The so, three of us. Yeah, yeah. No, but all joking aside, we're, we're going to do a segment where we're going to sit down. We're going to answer like really gritty questions about building business and maintaining relationship. And this is not just romantic relationships, although that's the point of view, the perspective that we're coming from. Um, but all relationships, uh, business partnerships, all these other things. We're going to talk about how do you balance relationship and building businesses, especially when you're in different seasons and all those fun things. Like relationship capital. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people miss that. And I think a lot of times too, when you have your nose down building your business, you don't realize how important it is. And you guys have done that so beautifully, like with your network and just how you're able to to craft those relationships. And and I think it's going to be really valuable for people to learn that from you. Yeah, I literally can't wait. Uh, So- like we do with everything else. Uh, and by the way, if you're like, well, how in the world, are, like, why do they love candy so much? It's because we first shared an ethos around giving. 
I'm sure you remember, but when we first met, it was literally around, it's kind of a funny story, a bet where we were with a group of people and we sat at a table that hadn't been cleared yet. There's a whole bunch of wine, like half-drank wine glasses there. Well, and wait, guys, they weren't even our half-drank wine No, somebody glasses. else's. Some other table yeah, somebody else's. of like We just sat at a dirty people. table. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Candy, I learned that Candy had a charity called Animal Friends Sanctuary. And probably because I already had one or two glasses of wine, I said, I'll tell you what, to somebody else who was sitting there, I said, if you combine all those dirty wine glasses from, from the, the people that just left the table, and if you slam it in one drink, I'll give 10 grand to charities, uh, to charity, to Candy's charity. And I didn't really, I didn't think, I thought she was going to do it because she seemed <laughs> kind of prim and proper. And the look on her face, like she didn't even speak. She combined all those dirty wine glasses of leftover wine, slammed it in one drink, slammed the glass down. And I was like, oh my God, that's badass. It was not me, by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. It was a different, different woman that was there. So I remember looking at you and be like, all right, we're going right, to save a cow. We're doing it. That's, yeah. what, that's what Animal Friends Sanctuary does, saves animals. We're going to save a cow. And we named that one Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And then later on, we, we got another one. We named him Lewis Cows in honor <laughs> of right. our buddy, Lewis Howes. At with, the Master yes, Yeah, that's exactly. right. Yeah. So you so, can have yeah. fun with charity. But I, I share that story because Candy and I and Lori have always shared the common ethos of generosity. Yeah. And because you were finally putting together an event that was real, with new voices, new perspectives, new people sharing their real experience. I was like, oh, that's where people got to go. So the first thing I did, and this was a surprise to you, is I told my mastermind that you were at the Elite Mastermind when you visited. Um, I said, hey, anyone that wants to go to this event, I'm buying your ticket. And legit bought their tickets for anyone that, from the mastermind that wanted to go. That's how yeah. important I thought it was for them to be there. Uh, and amazing. You know, tickets are not cheap. You guys will give the site in a minute. You can go check. And then... Um, the second thing was Lori and I were, were talking with Candy and we said, we want to find a way to get our audiences there so we can see them, so we can you know, say hi to them. But more importantly, so that they can really learn and grow from this thing. How do we make it more affordable for them to do that? And together, we came up with a way for our audience only to be able to buy a ticket, whether they want the entry level one or whether they want the VIP ticket for $1,000 off. Is that right? That's right. $1,000 off. That's insane. So how did they do that? So if all the information is on www.founders, and that's plural, foundersorganization.com, you'll see the general admission tickets and as well as the VIP. You choose whichever you'd like to go, but either way, it's $1,000 off. You're just going to put in code HARDER. H-A-R-D-E-R, make it super simple. That way, if you're Chris or Lori, put in code HARDER and we'll take care of that. And there's also a great room rate if you need to fly in. Um, We've got discounted rooms available too for everyone. That is super cool. Guys, DM me and Candy if you're going because we want to look out for you there. Lori and I are going to be floating around there. We're not just speaking. We're going to be floating around there watching the other speakers learning. We want to see you if we haven't met. We want to see you again if we have met. And we did our best to create an arrangement, create a situation where we can knock $1,000 off of you being able to be there. So again, go to Founders Event. Founders Organization. organization. I Founders with an S. Foundersorganization.com. Foundersorganization.com. Don't worry, we'll put it in the show, show notes. And use coupon code HARDER, our last name, H-A-R-D-E-R, in order to get that $1,000 off. But don't share it with any other people. It's only our, our listeners that are, right. that are allowed to come so we can meet you guys. All right, so there's one more question I want to ask you. Okay. And that is about generosity that we've been talking about. How old were you when you started Animal Friends Sanctuary? 26. All right. 26 years old. This 
charity is a juggernaut. It's awesome. And it's had such an influence on your businesses as well. I want to be crystal clear. You never started this charity because you're a vegan. You care about animals, the whole nine yards. You started it because you wanted to rescue animals. Mm -hmm. But you've had so many great side effects, met so many great business people, collaborations, you name it, by being charitable, by having a charity. Would you mind talking about the importance of generosity, being involved in charities, and business? How do they coincide? Yeah. So I started, I started donating to nonprofits when I was young, like young. I did my first little coffee can fundraiser when I was eight. Oh my God, that's cool. (laughs) And then I remember being about 15 and having a couple little businesses and I was sending money to this, like save the ostriches. And my dad was like, you, you're going to give them all your money and you're not going to have any, but I wanted to help the ostriches. So when I became successful and I'm doing air quotes with my fingers because that's obviously relative depending on where you are. But when I was successful in my mind, I really wanted to give back in a big way. And I didn't, I did not do it for any other reason other than I wanted to help animals and I wanted to give back to the community that I felt supported me and my businesses for so many years. The ostriches, they supported you that's the whole right. time. <laughs> that's right. And so I just, you know, for me, it was, it was totally out of heart. What I did not realize was that when you follow your heart and you do, when, and you give and you contribute beyond yourself, you also, just like anything else, you also inspire other people to do the same. You give them the ability to give as well, yeah. because not everybody wants to go out and create a nonprofit. And I can tell you, mm-hmm. as fun as it may sound, it's just like running another business, only a lot more complex. It just has different terms, but it is just like running a business. And a lot of times the reason they fail is because most people have the great heart, but they don't have the business knowledge. And so that's why we've been successful is because I did, I was able to run it from a place of business experience as well and have the mission. But what I didn't realize is by doing that, I also gave all the other people that wouldn't go start their own charity, but loved animals just as much as I did, I gave them an opportunity to volunteer, to be involved in something, to contribute. So it created such massive ripple effects that I really never, ever saw in the very beginning. Like I literally just bought a building that I didn't need. And when I was driving by that building, I felt it was the first quote conversation I ever had with God. Mm -hmm. And I was praying about what to do with that building. And it was like a voice said, put your animal shelter there. And it was from that moment on doors opened. And you know how, when you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do, things just kind of happen. I leveraged all of my business experience and relationships. Speaking of relationships, Hey, you did this flip for me, you know, Mr. Construction worker, come do these walls at this new, but I'm not going to pay you because it's an animal shelter. So, What also I don't think realize is when you are giving, and I know you know this, Chris, and so does Lori, but when you're giving and you're contributing all the time, there is an energy that's very different. And when you're giving with pure intention, things come back to you yes. and you don't do it with the intention. I think that's where a lot of people get it won't wrong. It will come back to you if you do it with it an agenda. It will not. That's right. I think a lot of people do that to be flashier, to say, I did this thing, but that's not the way it works. If you really truly give, there is this beautiful thing that happens that you're then just taken care of, but you're taken care of second. And yeah. personally, that's the way that I've just tried to live my life always is I make big generosity commitments yeah. and then I figure out a way to get there. And this event's actually one of them too, because we're going to do a big generosity give at the end of it too. For Animal Friends Sanctuary? Yeah. Oh God, so, that's bad. Yeah, so it's going to be really cool. I'm um, on the, the side, by the way, when you said not everyone wants to start a nonprofit, as much as I freaking love charity, I have zero goals of that. None, because oh, I know the, the beasts are there. I'd rather oh, go support yeah. 
other people's nonprofits that yeah. need support. That and, and it's so needed because a lot of people, like that's what's so needed is like, hey, here we have these three, these three nonprofits that align. Let's just infuse them and gift them so they can go do their mission. Yep. The amount, again, it goes back to time, the amount of time that it takes to start one. You can have such a massive impact if you just align with somebody else that has already done that hard work yep. for you. And you can really see your money and your money flourish and what it can do for a mission. And it's fun that way. Like this, literally tomorrow, Lori and I fly out to go to Nashville uh, to go to a charity event with Ali Webb. And, um, and Rory. And Rory, oh, that's yes. who's going? And Rory, yes. And oh, Rory's I didn't know he's speaking. going. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew he was speaking at Defect, but I didn't know he's going to this yeah, charity thing. Yeah, I think thing. we just mentioned that. I think we were just talking about that when I oh saw Oh my God, Lori. that's awesome. Yay. Sweet. Yeah. So, um, so that's super cool. Anyhow, it's way more fun to be able to go to the charity yes. events, support them with your social media and with your money and be able to dance and have no responsibility right. and have fun sometimes than be, you know, being on the business side behind it. Oh my gosh. And the emotional side of it. And yeah. and guys, we need it as, as somebody who's running a nonprofit. You, if you have an audience, if you have a podcast, if you, if you have a heart to give, marketing and social media experience would be such an incredible way to bless organizations by just sharing their events, sharing, you know, doing a little fundraise for them on your social media. That would be incredible. Um, Cause it, it's a lot, it's a lot yeah. of heart. I always say that my greatest, the greatest thing I ever accomplished was also, if you looked at it strictly from a business decision, was my biggest mistake in business. Yep. Because I put so much time, so much effort, and so much heart that I chose not to scale. I had five locations, five additional locations selected. And I was like, I can either build this charity or I can do these other locations. I knew that I couldn't do both. Yeah. And I chose the charity. Aww. And I'm I'm grateful. I'm so grateful because I think that pays dividends in other things, yep. right? Not just your bank account. Yep. Um, but saying that to say that like sometimes going that path and doing that big heavy lift doesn't need to be. I yeah. love how you and Lori just infuse and help other Nonprofits, and I think that that's a really a great example for other people to do as well. It's it, well, it's, a, it's the most fun side to be on, yeah, that's for sure. It is. And by the way, guys, charities are getting their asses kicked right now. Like oh, ever since COVID hit, crushed. all the galas are canceled. They're still canceled. You name it. So do crushed. something extra for a charity that you care about right now. Yeah, we're getting crushed. And maybe you just come to the founders organization event yes! and participate in you know all the fun, all the learning, and all the charity that we're going to do there. So remember. We've created a situation where, because you're a listener, you get $1,000 off if you go to foundersorganization.com. That's founders with an S, foundersorganization.com, and use coupon code HARDER. Come hang out with us. Come meet us. Come say hi to us. Come have some fun with us. And best of all, learn things that are going to move your business significantly. God, yeah. that's like the perfect couple of days I just realized. I said that out loud. Like that's yeah. my dream couple of days. Seriously, get in the room. I mean, it's so important. We've been in a year and a half in Zoom yeah. rooms and you know what it's like. In order to have those business relationships, those experience, that like transformation, oh, you got to get in the room. Get me out of Zoom rooms. Yeah. No oh more, my gosh. Candy, no more. I'm, I'm so grateful that we're able to do events here. Listen, Cannot wait. Thank you for not just putting this event together, but for setting the pace, um, for showing up the way that you do, for being such a dear friend to, to both Lori and I. We love you and we think the world of you. And uh, I'm just really grateful that uh, you've given us a chance to come speak a little bit at this thing and best of all, come learn. So thank you. Yeah, well, the feeling is definitely mutual. I think the world of you too. And I'm so glad that you're going to be there and can't wait to hug all of your listeners that join us. We'll make sure. So guys, don't forget, DM us if you're coming so we can look for you. Foundersorganization.com, coupon code HARDER. Candy, thanks a ton. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Bye. See ya. 
Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.